That's kind of not really fair, Abigail. <laughs> I mean, it is. We're children. basically pitching insulin versus children's camp. But versus just, children b- being able to do crafts for the first time. I was unable to go to any camps as a kid. Hello, and welcome to Inconclusive, the podcast where we randomly select topics and argue about them. Coming up, Inconclusive. My name is James. My name is Abigail. And my name is Candace. All three of us are educators at an international school in Taiwan and bring wildly different perspectives to the table. It is important to note that our individual opinions do not necessarily reflect those of our employer. Okay, let's begin. Welcome to part two of our minimum wage conversation. We're just going to jump right in where we left off last week. Welcome back. Um, Before the break, we were talking a little bit about living wage in comparison to minimum wage. And I actually, during research for this, kind of did a little bit of um, digging. So I Googled what the cheapest state to live in in the U.S. was, and that state was Mississippi. Um, Mississippi is the cheapest state to live in, according to Google. Fun fact, that's where I was born. Oh, nice. So in Mississippi, they do not pay anything above minimum wage, $7.25 an hour. So what I did is I ran through as a single parent with one kid making minimum wage what my expenses would be for a year. So um, if I'm working full-time, I take no vacations, no sick days, nothing. At the end of the year, I have made 13920 I did not take taxes out like some of the other examples of Poverty Line does take taxes out because I'm assuming that if you're below the, this person below the Poverty Line is going to probably get on their tax return their taxes back. So instead of taking it out every month, I'm just leaving it in. So rent for a 284 square foot or 26.38 square meter studio apartment um, is $200 a month or $2,400 for a year. Car insurance, $68 a month for like the bare minimum, which is $816 a year. Health insurance. Have they tried Geico? This 15 was 15 minutes could nope, save you. Don't, Geico don't was, finish it. Because otherwise Geico was them. more expensive than this oh, one. Oh, true. Um, this one was the cheap was the cheapest. Is Rocky. that the what, what would be required by law? Is like yeah. the cheapest. The bare car minimum. The bare minimum. Yeah. Oh, you could bike. Ooh. But this particular apartment, which is the only one that was two hundred dollars a month, everything else was more. Was not bike or walkable from the places in the area. It had a really really bad walk oh. score, and there's no public transportation, so she has to have a car. Okay, got it. Um, health insurance was thirty five dollars and fifty cents a month or 428 a year. Groceries, if she, so we're assuming that this is a single mom, she has a kid, her kid if going to school would get free lunch at school and during the school year because they're below the poverty line um, and, but wouldn't during the summers. So I average it to about $50 a week, um, assuming she gets no social services for it. If she did get social services, they could probably live off of her WIC um, women, infant, and child allowances for free. But if they did, weren't able to get it for whatever reason, then it would cost about 2600 a year for groceries. Electricity, I looked up the average for the area for about that size would be about $150 a month or 1700 a year. Um, gas right now in Jackson, Mississippi is only a dollar. where I was born. Nice. It's only $1.70 a gallon. So assuming she has a wow. 30... 30-gallon tank, $51 to fill up, assuming she has to fill up Shout once a week. Shout out to the Russians. And <laughs> she has to fill up once a week, um, every every week for the year. That's $2,448 a year. 
Wait, if she fills up once a week, but people who fill up once a week, that's I, that's assuming the distance from work to their house and back. Plus and also getting their kid the, from school. the gallons, the amount of um, miles per gallon of the car. Yeah. But the older the car, the lower miles MPG, right? Mm. And so I assumed 50, I assumed filling up once a week is probably pretty fair. Mm. Drive to work to pick up her kid to the mm. grocery store. Mm. Also, these apartments, which I didn't look up, they're real apartments, um, don't have laundry on the inside. It's a coin laundry, so she also has to drive to the laundromat mm. every week at least to do laundry. I wonder if you're accidentally doing research on someone's very specific life. I'm sure I am, which so is kind of sad, scary. right? Yeah. So then child care, because she has to work all summer because she ha- cannot take any time off would cost $624 a month for just for the summers. That was the cheapest what actually it's the cheapest state in the U S for childcare. Um, so let that say what it says. So mm-hmm. for three months, it would be, let that say what it, says. <laughs> it would be for three months, $1,872. So if she does laundry once a week, it costs on average in the U S for coin laundry for both a wash and a dryer for $2, which actually isn't too bad. So if she does one load once a week all year, $104 a year. Um, the cheapest phone plan that I could find was a pay-as-you-go phone for 100 minutes or 100 texts or for $12 a month, right? So 624 a year. And depending on how old the child is, she might want her child to be able to have one in case they're We're talking about like care. minimums. Okay. You have to have a phone to sign up for a job, oh, right? See, so you, you have to have a phone number. So that's, yeah. So yeah, you're right though. This kid for insurance purposes is 10. Okay. Was born in 2010 for okay. insurance purposes. Um <laughs> The, an oil change, if she keeps up with the upkeep on our cars, an average $75 a time. If she does it the appropriate Whoa, amount of time. Oh, where times, is she going to do that? That's low. That's really expensive. No. That's, I got oil low. changes for like 45 bucks. Where? where? Chattanooga, Tennessee. Shout, Shout out. out. <laughs> Shout out, dude. But like my, at the My one family of those... just went to Chattanooga a couple of weeks ago to ride on the Coe River, and they were very pleased. So shout out Chattanooga. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I oil changes and cheap, rivers. Though. Dude, I have no idea. I've never paid more than like 50 That's bucks crazy. for an oil That's crazy. I've change. never also paid. also probably the poverty line because I feel like the, the hills of Tennessee, there's more poverty. I, I was not yeah. in the hills part. I was in the, <laughs> it was in the plains, in, in the, the valley part. I, oh. Straight up. I don't know. Up. I know that Broad when I, I just saw that average in the U.S. average yeah. is 75. So I okay, okay. that was the money I did. But I'm like pleased to know that there are places you could do it for less. Oh, yeah. So Living costs in actually in Chattanooga is like really, really reasonable. Mm. Um, that's, that's good. Yeah. But Tennessee as a state is not. Yeah, because Nashville yeah. hikes it up. Yeah. Nashville's yeah. like minimum apartments are usually like 900 bucks a month, 1100 bucks a month, like yeah. really expensive. Yeah. Um, so, so say she does it four times, which you're supposed to get it changed every three months or so. So let's say she does it the right amount of times cause she can't have, you know, break it on her car. Um, 300 bucks a year. If her and her kid only thrift clothes for $50 a person throughout the entire year, that's another hundred. Um, so if she gets the WIC benefits at the end of a year, she only, she only has $3,039 left over after 12 months. Wait, does she have health care? Yeah, yeah healthcare like is thirty five fifty a month. Thirty five fifty. And health insurance is the is included in that healthcare. 
Like no, no, well, this no, is so no, we're no. Not this is insurance. Like she has to go to the doctor, no. or her kid has to go to the doctor. No. But once that happens, Yikes. that three thousand is, is evaporating very quickly. Money. So if she ever or if has something to take, happens to her car, and if, or if just something take an happens ambulance. And if she doesn't have WIC, here's where it gets scary. If she oh. doesn't have WIC, which is something that was this year was trying to get, or last year was trying to get cut, um, she would only have four hundred and thirty nine dollars a Yikes. year left over a year. Um, and then I also looked up the cost to buy a used car in the area. It's actually really cheap. It was like 1400 to buy a used car. It's like that the was definition of living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. There's like literally nothing can happen. Her kid cannot get sick. Her yeah. She cannot get sick because she her can't take can, a day off. She can't be diabetic. She cannot be diabetic. She can't, like you can't save to pay she for a down injured. payment. She mm-hmm. can't, yeah. nothing can happen because she's literally living paycheck to paycheck. So just... And that doesn't actually include, sorry, the taxes being taken out because realistically every month the percentage of taxes would be taken out and then once a year she would get it back, right? Mm -hmm. So I just left it all in for this. But Mm -hmm. realistically, month to month, she would have a lot less money. Mm -hmm. She'd probably be in debt consistently until tax return time where she would have a money and she'd to pay be off able her to pay off her debts. Which means yeah. she also could accrue interest throughout the year from the debts. Totally. Yikes. So, so then I guess to kind of pull us back to the question we're trying to ask, yeah. like the solution, is the solution to force her employer to pay her more or is the solution to um, train her with skills so she can get a better job? That pays more. So that is actually a really interesting kind of dichotomy of this question, right? Because you're, if everyone had a job that wasn't what we would right now consider these minimum wage, working at McDonald's, working at um, Walmart, all of that, mm-hmm. no one would be doing it. So if the solution to people living in poverty is train them to be able to do... to oh, we should make sure you can go to school, which I don't know how she would be able to go to school because she literally cannot afford a sick day, much less yeah. a $15,000 a year tuition costs, mm-hmm. right? Like who else, like those jobs still need to exist. Like the existence of those jobs is important. And we talked about it on our blue collar versus white collar episode that like not everyone can work in, you, you don't remember this episode? The we, one where, We didn't have an episode about blue collar versus, we had an education episode where okay. we talked about vocational versus Yes, so education. vocational versus, oh versus like, But like in about? that we talked about whether or not like we should encourage students to, to go to non-vocational schools and, like if they're wanting to do vocational schools like, like they're wanting arts. to be a plumber or they're wanting mm-hmm. to be whatever then mm-hmm. should we be encouraging them to go mm-hmm. into philosophy or history but this is whatever? like the next step because this would be unskilled labor this would be like what we were doing during the summers right like cutting meat yeah, for a hot a pot wa- restaurant yeah, a or stocking shelves at a pharmacy yeah like, mm-hmm. yeah like it's not skilled labor right so even I've, then like that's that labor still has to happen so, yeah exactly yeah exactly I so I, I don't know how how true it is that if that will like run out of people who want jobs. Cause I feel like we have enough people um, by we, I mean the U S has enough people that are unemployed who would take a job if it was open, even if it did pay minimum wage. I'm right? not saying that people wouldn't, I'm saying people in this very specific situation exist. And I'm saying that, are we saying her value or her, her life value should only be $7 and 25 cents an hour. So this is the life that she has to live because no one's offering free college for her. No one's offering to take her kids so she can go to classes. No one's offering to pay this person's rent. Why, why is her, why is her wage 
an indicator of her life value. Because if she's getting paid that wage, she's living a life that she's, she's going to work sick. She's getting paid that wage because the products of her work are worth that much as deemed by her employer. Who which is also she voluntarily, trying to make money, though. Which she voluntarily entered into a contract with to work for. Yes. So I think for me personally, it comes back to this idea of the value of people. Like I think that the, that people have more value than just the actual labor and whatnot that they can apply to a certain position. And I think that people deserve to be able to have some sort of a living wage, right? So that way as someone who is there who literally could not, if her employee, if her job closes for a week at Christmas, which like a lot of places will close for a couple of days, let's say they take off um, so many days a year and they're unpaid, which happens, like she's in debt immediately. If her kid breaks her arm, yeah, like her kid doesn't get, to have full mobility of her arm. Like that's it. That's her kid's whole life. Right. And if, or if her kid gets diagnosed with a disease Mm -hmm. like that requires medication, like diabetes, like I think one of us brought up earlier, then her kid might die because she can't afford the insulin and to pay rent and to get to work and Mm -hmm. childcare while she's working. Unless she does two jobs. And even then, like, could she do two jobs and be able to afford, then she would need childcare Mm -hmm. for the whole year, not just three months. I I mean, I think both her life and her child's life are infinitely valuable, um, especially from a Christian perspective. But her labor is not infinitely valuable. The time that she spends at her job, I mean, I think it's really, it's a nice sentiment to say, like, um, you know, like, uh, you know, your life is worth a lot and I want to pay you to like have a comfortable life. But from a business perspective, you're like, there, there's a trade going on. The transaction is this woman's time and skill for a predetermined and agreed upon uh, wage. And her value as a person is infinite, but her value as a laborer is determined by the amount of hours she works and the skills that she brings to the table. I think the the conflict we're seeing or the tension we're seeing here is two types of economic systems. One system being there is uh, a exchange for labor and it is supposed to be equal across whatever amount of labor you do with with straight up causation that if you do this work you get this amount of money but then the other i think mindset we're looking at is do should people get money based on the general needs of the population should they get money based on the number of kids they have or the the number of uh, mouths to feed in the household or the number of people in the total population of that country um it seems like we're stuck with when companies are not doing as they should be above the federal minimum wage if the the woman can only work so much and has only as much experience and can't dig herself out of it even if she wanted to. Like back during Victorian England, there was this book that was published called Self-Help by Samuel Smiles. And in it, he coined the term for pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. And it was because of him that people started looking at people who were poor as wanting to be poor, that they weren't wanting to dig themselves out of being poor and would assume people who were poor were obviously bad, that people who were poor were lazy 
lazy or people who were poor were this. And the idea is still there today. And it's part to of- To be clear, that's not what I'm trying to say. No, 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 no. I'm okay. just saying like that I think is one of Nor the Or is it reasons. what I'm implying? Just- <laughs> But I think that's one of the reasons why it's harder for reform, for uh, pay, or mm-hmm. for um, for well, to encourage the jobs. All the time. Just yeah. pull them up by they should just pull themselves up by the bootstraps is a very common yeah term. And, but it's also hard to and like tell companies that and be like, hey, you should be changing because your people can't afford to live. Like you brought up uh, Walmart, I think a minute ago, and I think you've said this before in another episode that if they paid their workers one more cent an hour, no, no, or no, that if they, they increase the cost of every item one more cent, yeah, one penny, then what is it that all their employees could have health benefits? Yeah, yeah. So like that petrifies me for one, but it also makes sense for their their bottom line because it's a company. Like they're even though a company is has people in it at the end of the day people can hide behind a company and say well it's the company's prerogative to say always low prices and that they're going to have the lowest price possible because that's how they made money in the first place so that brings me up to the kind of the next thing with this are people or companies more important is the company's bottom line or the life of people more valuable and with that we'll take a quick break Hello, and welcome to Jokes and Jocular Facts with James. Today's joke is, what do you call a person missing 75% of their spine? A quarterback. Today's jocular fact is, your body contains about 100,000 miles of blood vessels. Blood vessels are incredibly small, measuring around 5 micrometers. For reference, a strand of our hair is about 17 micrometers. However, because we have so many in our body, the Franklin Institute explains that if you laid them out in a single row, a child's blood vessels would stretch more than 60,000 miles, while an adult's would measure around 100,000 miles long. This has been Jokes and Jocular Facts with James. Catch you next time. Welcome back. Right before the break, we were talking about the value of people versus the value of companies. I'm not saying that people are less valuable, just that when you are doing something that you kind of know is shady, it's easy to hide it behind here is a collective group doing it or here is an here is a nondescript name that's doing it. Here's not it's not one person doing it, it's my group or my entity or this this backing I can get behind. So it's a lot easier to do something or to ignore your conscience about if we increase the pen, the wage or increase the price of all of our products one penny, then I think that we would be a better company. That you, you can ignore that whenever you're thinking, well, my uh, company says that they will always have low prices, and so I'm going to do the best I can to continue that uh, prerogative so that it is consistent. Like my company says that, I'm wanting to do what my company wants me to do because they are paying me. It, I can see where you would do what your company wants to do. And I get, have you ever watched, there's an episode on... Um, uh, the Good Place, where they talk about uh, if 
bad things that people did were ranked with plus and minus points for getting into the good place versus the bad, bad place being heaven and hell. And if we had a point system and how in the modern world, it's really hard to do a good thing and not immediately do a bad thing after because you may buy a biodegradable water bottle, but then you turn around and have to fill up gas in your car or whatever. And, and so I feel like companies also try to do good things, quote unquote, to cover up the bad things that happen. Like they may say, oh, well, we have a breast cancer 5k that's mm-hmm. sponsored by our company, or we have, we, we donate to, uh, an autism foundation every April or whatever I mean, it is. In fact, a good thing that companies do is hire people and yeah. expand their business to yeah. hire more people. True. So. Cause you're, you're putting out more jobs. Yep. So is it like, if you're, if you build if a you're new Walmart, to, you're hiring however many dozen people to run it. Yeah. You're also hurting other small companies at the yeah. same time. Like there, like you were saying, there isn't anything that is purely good that mm-hmm. can come out of a lot of, a lot of different, I mean, there's, yeah, there's always some sort of consequence to be paid mm-hmm. for it. There's a really small town that's maybe 20 minutes from my university town in Arkansas that a Walmart came in and knocked out all of the small grocery stores. And then at some point the Walmart wasn't making enough money and just left. And apparently that's a, that's a problem all over the U S yeah. like, well, like Starbucks you said. does the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. They'll come in and they will intentionally box out small coffee shops or cafes mm-hmm. to be able to get the foot space, like the foot traffic into their place versus other places, which really hurts other entrepreneurs in the area. Right. Because if you're opening up a small coffee shop or if you're opening up a small business to sell something specific in Walmart or Starbucks or something like that comes in and takes over as they are want to do, um, then you automatically end up losing the amount of money that you've put into the place. You lose all kinds of different things and your ability to continue at what would have been a higher wage than if you just worked with as an employee of Starbucks or Walmart. Actually, Starbucks pays their employees a lot higher than minimum wage, so it'd be better to be taken over by a Starbucks than a Walmart because mm. they also pay for education too. Oh, yeah. 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 Starbucks is not a horrible place I feel to like work. Starbucks mm. gives a better vibe than Walmart. Oh, for sure. They take up way less space. <laughs> That's fair. But... Back to what I was saying with the the Good Place episode, that if you are a company and you're doing something, you're like, we're moving into an area and we knock out all the other businesses, probably not the best. But if we if we gain enough of the employees from those small businesses, if they just come and work for us, then it's not that bad. Also, let's maybe do something that gives back to that specific community. Because I think a Walmart does a lot of that where there's training for workers, there's night classes. There's also like, I know personally from Walmart in Arkansas that they do lots of um, general, I don't know if you call that like city improvement things. Like they host like a community film, development. Yeah. Stuff. They host like a film festival every year. That's free to the public. They created a free art museum. That's free to free to the public. Again, there's a, um, children's camp that is free to every, or basically free to everyone below the poverty line or below a certain wage. And so like their employees could go. Yeah. Wow. That was good. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> That was excellent. Um, But I mean, also, if Walmart comes to a small town, the people in the small town are gaining the benefit of having access to more products that otherwise may not have been shipped to Mm -hmm. their local store. As much as it is nice to have like a personal touch because, you know, Billy down the street runs his grocer or whatever. Like it was a big deal in my small town when we got a Walmart. Like they got a Walmart the year that I moved to Nashville, Arkansas. And up until that point, there were restaurants and a athletic 
store and a flower shop and a pharmacy. That was it. Like there and two pharmacies, but everything else you had to get. Oh, I take that back. There was also a Piggly Wiggly that used to be Classic. a thing. And Piggly then and then Wiggly. it became a Harps and the Harps only had a deli and the basics of groceries, but Walmart drastically expanded everything else that could be offered. And just to be clear, I'm not saying that corporations are innately bad. At least I'm not saying that right now. Um, I do think... I was going to say, I feel like that's what you... That's kind of what you... But uh, I am saying that it was Walmart who pays their, their just employees this just barely minimum wage when they could very easily, if they're putting on all these community things and they're doing all this to give back to the community, right. use that money to support their employees, right? But to I be like able the to, camp and the free art museum and the film festival. But I'm sure that Walmart employees would like to be able to afford insulin but children's camp <laughs> <laughs> and and i think that's kind of not really fair abigail i, I mean it is <laughs> we're basically pitching insulin versus children's camp but versus just, children b- being able to do crafts for the first time i or was swim. unable to go to any camps as a kid because my family couldn't afford it and oh uh, your fine. farm was a camp your farm was, farm was a wonderful I had growing up environment choice to do it wasn't yeah, like choice? it was there was no crafts we went to a camp once because my mom was a nurse and her payment for being a nurse at the camp covered my tuition tuition and my sister's tuition to go and i did not have fun (laughs) it was not the most fun experience that i had it was the first time i ever met someone at the same birthday as me though and i've only met one other person in my whole life so it was kind of fun wow Um, see we do love camps it's great (laughs) (laughs) yes that was the right thing to take away from that (laughs) but But this is like the the good place problem of like we don't know how much good it's worth for all the but you're not but you're not just thinking about oh i can afford to send my kid to a camp or there's a free camp that i can send my kid to the the thing that you're taking into account specifically specifically with walmart because you were the one who brought it up Mm -hmm. about the about the pay increase is they are not providing all of their employees with health care with enough things that if they have a kid who is type 1 diabetic that kid does not need a camp they need insulin Mm. if they have a kid who needs send that that kid to camp (laughs) but like but mom i need insulin needs need to be met and i Mm -hmm. think and I think maybe that's kind of where I where I stand on this whole issue is I think that we live in a society where um, people work because they have to survive, and if you aren't if you aren't working two full time jobs, you aren't making above the federal poverty line, um, and and because of that race of constantly not having enough money at the end of the month and constantly being afraid of a bill. Um, Something I've said before, Josiah and I, my husband and I, when we were first married, we lived way below the poverty level Mm -hmm. um, and we had to receive benefits. But during that time, we did not have health care because we couldn't afford it. And so we didn't go to the doctor. We didn't have car insurance because we couldn't afford it because we just prayed we wouldn't get in a car wreck because that $200 a month was negative $200 a month. Mm -hmm. That would have been our car insurance. And we like literally... um, wouldn't have eaten if it wasn't for like our food stamp stuff and and in in the area that we were living um and in in the area that we were living we apartments weren't generally under 800 but we found something for 400 and so we were living in like a cockroach infested one bedroom apartment that had a bloody mattress that had a yeah oh yeah it was like really rough but 
we were both, I was skilled. Josiah was finishing his, I had my teaching license at this time, couldn't find a teaching job, um, was doing sub jobs after my minimum wage job would end in the mornings and I would go sub in the afternoons and, and all of these things as I was like trying to get it all worked out. Um, and it was just really, it was just kind of, it was something so that I was just, glad. Sorry, just I was in school? At, not during or? this time. He could, we couldn't afford for him oh, to okay. not. Uh, he was, was he in also school. working a minimum yeah, wage? Yeah, we were both okay, working okay, minimum okay. wage jobs. And so the first, so when, when I got my first teaching job, he went to school because my teaching job, which was still technically below the poverty level, was more than we were making together a month. Uh, which is like a huge difference. And so he was able to go to school um, during that time because it it just, it worked out. And after that, his skilled labor was not much higher than minimum wage jobs because of the type of labor, like, because he's um, psych. And so without your master's degree, it's really hard to find psych jobs that pay well. And so he was getting paid at a very physically grueling job, $11 an hour, where the minimum wage was nine seventy five. And, and so, so all of that to say, I'm not, no, there's no like boohoo about my past. I think God was his, his, um, amazingness was shown through for us through mm. the whole thing. And I'm really glad that we had that experience because of the glory of God, right. Being honored through our life. But I also know what it feels like mm. to be, to be someone who is like, well, maybe if I don't eat lunch today, then I can, we can we can get something other than a peanut butter and jelly for dinner. Like mm. maybe if we do the dollar menu on, at McDonald's, then maybe we can go see a movie like, mm. and that kind of stuff. Like I know what that feels like. I remember my mother-in-law coming to visit us and buying us groceries and crying because like there was going to be food in the fridge mm. because she did that for us. And it was only a year and we were, we didn't have kids and like, there's all these other things like, but I know, I know what that feels like. And you're not living a life in which you can literally, cannot think I can't go to that job interview because it's during my work hours and mm. I can't not go during my work, work hours yeah. because if I do then I can't put gas in my car to go to the job interview mm. and I and I only have like my three extra outfits other than my work clothes because I can't afford new clothes and mm-hmm. I need a haircut and so I go to I went to like a school where they would cut my hair like all these things right and it's nothing not not bad it's just we were poor we were really really poor mm-hmm. and i know i know what that's like and i think that we live in a society where people work to live mm. like no matter what level of job that you have until you have above a certain amount of month you work because you need to live you do things because you need to eat you need to do things because um, of all of this there's no extra inside of it and if you can't find if you don't have the opportunities to get educated just I only had two years left on his degree it wasn't like a full four years if you don't have these opportunities to be able to pull out then that's it and I think that there should be more than just literally to sustain my life, there should be, it should be more than that. Mm. And not, not an egregious amount more, but more. Yeah. Yeah. Has, sorry, you, yeah, I'll go first. I was just going to say that the, the, the sad thing about that is that that's not what work is supposed to be. That yeah. work is supposed to be something we're, we're granted to do, something that we enjoy doing, yeah. something that we find fulfillment in doing. And that's the, the hard part about a lot of people in the world who have to work doing something that they hate or doing something that they mildly are, are functioning and doing because, yeah. they, because it's what they have to do to live. But work is meant to be something that is fulfilling to us and, and helping us to grow as people. Like yeah. that's, where, that's where you have the most people who have longevity in a job yep. is if they enjoy that job. 
And I think that if we take the idea of working to live out of it and force employers or or universal income, which we've brought up before, to give people the opportunity to not have to work to literally survive, mm. then you'll see more people who are doing things that they're interested in. You'll see more people who are doing things that they care and are passionate about. And so different things, like we were talking about innovativeness before, you'll have mm. innovativeness from people who maybe are creative and innovative, but can't have the brain space because they're just trying to pay you know, a, a gas bill in their mm. car, right? And at the same time, maybe you'll have people who take advantage of the system, but I think it would be less people than the amount of people who are actually it's benefiting as a country, the people mm. as a country. Um, I can't really think of a time in human history where people didn't have to work in order to survive. Um, I think that's, that's a human condition. Um, it's just that in our modern, in the United States at least, what that looks like is you have to make money in order to survive. But humans have also always had to labor in order to survive because farms. I don't think you're literally laboring to grow food. For and yourself. even if I, even if like you're being an apprentice at a at a workshop somewhere, you are being compensated for your labor in one form or the other. And you have to work in order to survive. Um, unless someone else is paying for your survival. I don't think that people shouldn't have to work in order to survive. I'm not saying that like um the government should provide enough money for people to be able to never have to do any kind of extra income gathering. What I'm saying is that, is that when you are working at a job where you can't take a day off, even if you have the flu, because you cannot buy groceries for that week, that is a problem. Like that's what I'm saying. I'm saying if a job can't provide enough, um, or is unwilling to provide enough so that people aren't just literally scraping by under the bare necessities, just not dying, right? And unable to do anything else with their headspace. I don't think that's right. I think saying, oh, we can bring up the minimum wage to poverty line level minimum, right? Or, or even a little bit more than it is now so that you're not, not, you're not, not buying insulin or you're not, not buying healthcare, you're not, not buying car insurance, or you're not, not, it, buying food that is healthy, <laughs> not McDonald's every day, right? Right, which is why that, obesity is higher right. rates in poverty. It makes sense, much higher in poverty because fresh produce is more expensive. Yes, yeah, and so with those kinds of things, but if you could increase the price of everything in your store by a penny, and you could provide a little bit of security for your employees, I think you should, um, or I think that you should. The government should be interested. And, and and raising up a minimum wage based upon inflation because of the po the people of our population to be able to have the ability to not just not die, right? Like more than yeah. that. I think hypothetically and in a perfect world, that's a great... Well, in the perfect world, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have this problem, I guess. Amen. Um, I think hypothetically and sentimentally, that's a good idea. I think economically, it's not going to work out the way that we want it to, and there's going to be unintended consequences, like what we're like the example Candace brought up about the the good place and the bad place. And um, I think like once you increase the minimum wage, people will get laid off mm. um, because a company is not going to have the same amount of resources that they have are going to have to like let's say we bump it up to fifteen. So now they're paying someone twice as what they were paying, which means they can now, with the same budget, they can now only afford half of their workforce, 
which means half the amount of people are going to have to work twice as hard to cover for what was, let's say, 100 people working at a place. And it's going to disproportionately affect people who are entry level, who are being paid minimum wage already because they're the first people to get cut. Which is kind of what happened with COVID. A lot of people right. lost their job because companies were saying this is the amount of reserve we have for looking ahead of this quarantine time of everyone being in isolation and having only half of our workforce working at any one time to keep the spread down. Like they had to lo- lay off a lot of people. It actually hasn't happened, though, throughout economics. Big layoffs have not come with minimum wage increases. Um, if any, it's employment has decreased. But with layoffs have been almost none, which is what you had referenced. And a lo- one of the ways that people have have um, made up for it is people make a h- less of a percentage higher. I, having been in a job where they raised the minimum wage of the state in Washington when I was in high school and I was already making like a little bit above minimum wage, but just a little bit. I was making like 950. It was like 925 and they were raising it to 950. I didn't get a raise. I stayed at 950 because I was making minimum wage, right? Mm. So if you were making 975, which would have been 50 cents above minimum wage, you still made 975. But the plateau of minimum wage went up, right? So new hires would have... Wouldn't you feel like you would also, you should also get get a raise? Like if... People who are getting seven twenty five got a two dollar raise, and you should also get a two dollar raise, right? Because you're doing. You're but it doing wasn't. A, it was like a twenty five cent raise, right? But the basic of minimum wage went from nine twenty five oh, to nine, nine okay. fifty. I mean, that's a tiny. I mean, that's a pretty small increment, right? Yeah, I mean, twenty five cents. But I mean, I, f- I think if we bump it up like pretty drastically, like if we push it to twelve sixty across the board, like that's five bucks. Yeah. And over a year, that's like. I mean, I think there's ways to be able to do it that incentivizes a company not to lay off people. And I mean, just speaking for the areas that have raised up to 15, like $15 an hour, you, you don't see the large number of layoffs that one would assume because companies have the money somewhere, right? They're run by people who are making the equivalent of $23 an hour to 1075, like that ratio or it exists. It's a. It's easily one Christmas bonus for an executive to be able to increase everyone's salary. Do you think that, um, let's say, instead of increasing the minimum wage everywhere, companies were just required to have like a pay gap or a pay cap for their CEOs that was that was named and written on paper to keep from. And, I'm, and I know this sounds... Like you can't pay someone more than a certain amount? Yeah, like majorly freedom limiting, right? But imagine if you are if you have a... Majorly freedom limiting. Imagine you have a board true. of directors and every person on your board gets paid $10 million and that's what they get paid right now. What if you capped it and said, everyone, this is your pay for the next 10 years. You are all only going to get $10 million a year. And what's their incentive to improve what they currently have? Well, but that There's if no they, incentive. But if they're already past a certain point, like Malcolm Gladwell in one of his books, The Tipping Point, I think, said that um, there's a bell curve for, oh, that may actually be outliers, it's one of those two, that there's a bell curve of how money, when we have it, is helping us. That I think it's below 50000 US a year, money is a problem, and above 200000 a year, money is a problem. Well, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't think... I'm trying to say that these executives need that money to live comfortably right. or that it's 
But I mean, but like, why do we have a cap for the presidential office? Like, because he's a public servant. He's hired by this. He's hired by the people. Yeah, but like presumably. companies, their representatives are hired by their stockholders, which are the people in a sense. The stockholders took a risk by starting that business. They gain the reward from the risk. Fair. That's how you invest. Yeah. There's no risk. Then it's because like if Walmart goes bankrupt, their employees don't. They don't pay for the. Walmart going bankrupt. The owner of Walmart has to bear the risk of if his company flops or goes in debt, he personally goes in debt. Mm. His executives go in debt. The, the 10, 950 worker, they can find another job. They bear no risk of Walmart going out of business. Mm. So, I mean, I think it's easy for us to like, you know, poop on big executives and like, oh, you don't need all that money. But they're the ones that are putting money up they're the ones who are investing. They're the ones who are taking the risk. So I think it's much more nuanced than just like they're a bunch of greedy people. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we have, as usual, three very different um, maybe opinions about how this should be. And I think we come up inconclusive again. At least we're living up to our name. Yeah. <laughs> Not too conclusive around here. Um, thanks for listening. And once again, you've reached inconclusive end of the inconclusive podcast. Sharing is caring. If you liked this episode, please share it with your friends and family. Also, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the inconclusive podcast. Talk to you next time.